Hoff a day, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. It's Friday, March 29th, 3.05 p.m., episode 308. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Glad to have you with us today. Hopefully this show will entertain you a little bit and inform you a little bit and educate you a little bit and edify you in your Christian walk, build you up and give you a nice, lighthearted approach to your Friday afternoon. If you're listening to this live broadcast, maybe you just went through car line and picked up the kids or you're waiting in car line to get your children. Or maybe you are already at home preparing for the weekend. Some of you might be blessed with a job, but maybe not with a great shift and you're still working or getting ready to go to work. Wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, we're glad you're with us. You know, you can listen on the radio dial at 88.1 FM down there on the left-hand side of the dial, or you can listen online, khmg.org, khmg.org. You can listen from your desk, from your computer. You can listen from your phone, download an app like the TuneIn app, or just go to khmg.org if you have internet access. And then click on the Listen Now button, even through your wireless device, like a phone or an iPad or something. It's a great way to listen. Nice digital stream of what's what we're broadcasting here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So khmg.org, you can catch the live stream of whatever we're doing here on the radio station online, crystal clear, all the time. You can also download the podcast of this show at khmg.org. So if you ever miss part of the show or you want to listen to it again or you want to share it on your social media, khmg.org is the place to go for that and many other great podcasts and different audio content that we generate here at Harvest Family Radio. If you ever miss part of the show today or any Friday, you can tune in Saturdays from noon to 2, Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety all two hours of it. Every Friday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. we do this live broadcast, but many people can't listen to two straight hours of radio. They're catching a little bit of the show as they're in the car or they're running errands. Maybe they're heading into the store or they're sitting at their desk kind of wrapping things up for the day, but they want to listen to the rest of the show. Hey, no problem. Other than the ways I already mentioned, you can just tune right back into the radio Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m and catch all two hours of the show in its rebroadcast format. So we want to make it very easy for you. Now you can contact us through the website as well, or go to Harvest Family Radio Guam on Facebook and follow us there. Send us a private message. Let us know what you think of the show and give us prayer requests and suggestions for our radio station as well. We'd love to hear from you through our Facebook page. It's probably one of the most common ways people reach out to us is through Facebook And uh, we do appreciate all of that feedback. You know, there's no electronic device that tells us how many people are listening to the radio signal. We can tell how many people log in online, but we don't know how many people are listening on the air. So if you send us a little note, at least we we can use that anecdotal evidence to uh, feel good about reaching out to the people in our community. We don't just broadcast here on Guam because of our internet stream we're able to broadcast all around the world we have people listening all around the world now it is the month of march it's the very end of the month of march by the rebroadcast of this show sunday night you'll be at the very 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 end of the month of march but the month of march number of observances oh before we even get to the observances 
happy anniversary to us here at KHMG. Tuesday was the 23rd anniversary of Harvest Family Radio. 23 years broadcasting beautiful Christian music and Bible-based programming. Um, And Chris Harper was able to do some neat things live on the air on Tuesday for the 23rd anniversary. But happy anniversary to us. We've been on the air. Now I can say on the air for more than 23 years. That sounds great. Matter of fact, it has governed the theme that we've selected for today. We're going to be talking about different radio-related theme items throughout the show. But for the month of March, it is Chronic Fatigue Syndrome Awareness Month. Uh, Let's see here. Color Therapy, Colorectal Cancer Awareness, Craft Month, Developmental Disabilities Awareness, Ethics Awareness, Essential Trimmer Awareness, Eye Donor, Flower and Flower, Save Your Vision, Quinoa, uh, Optimism Month, National Women's History Month, National Women Inventors Month, Sing With Your Child Month, Social Work Month, Spiritual Wellness Month, Supply Management Month, uh, let's see here, Vascular Abnormalities Awareness Month, Women's History Youth Art, Festival of the Owls, and then, of course, it was, I believe, Cheerleading Month as well. Let's see, as far as weekly observances go, we're kind of at the end of the week. The National Cherry Blossom Festival has already started in the U.S. Uh, Let's see here, it's Crossword Puzzle Days was this week, as well as Information Professionals Week. We're coming to the end of National Cleaning Week. Protocol Officers Week, Nurse Practitioners Week, Physicians Week, National Money Show Week, and then tomorrow begins Money Smart Week, and Nano Days, and International Dark Sky Week starts on Sunday. And then finally, some of the daily observances here, today being the 29th of March, if you're listening to the live broadcast, Knights of Columbus Founders Day. Uh, Lemon Chiffon Cake Day, Mom and Pop Business Owners Day, Smoke and Mirrors Day, Vietnam Veterans Day, or Welcome Home Vietnam Veterans Day. Tomorrow, the 30th, Earth Hour, National Doctors Day, uh, Take a Walk in the Park Day, and Turkey Neck Soup Day. Hmm. One of the rare food observances that I probably don't picture myself ever celebrating, ever. Turkey Neck Soup Day. But on the 30th, if you're so inclined. The 31st, Cesar Chavez Day, Eiffel Tower Day, Mothering Sunday, National Bunsen Burner Day, Clams on the Half Shell Day, Crayon Day, uh, Oranges and Lemons Day, Tater Day, Transfer Day, and World Backup Day, to name a few. And that would round out the month of March. Now, before we go to a little uh, Harvest Highlights, Because our theme today is radio, I have 10 of the most iconic radio moments provided to me by my research assistant this week, TB, who wishes to remain nameless, but I appreciate the help, TB. Let's see here. Number 10, Winston Churchill's speech on June 4th, 1940, where he said, we shall fight on the beaches and we shall fight on the landing grounds. You know that speech? That's the 10th 
most iconic radio moment. Ninth, let's see here, the Cuban Missile Crisis, October 22nd, 1962. President Kennedy made a speech about the formation of the dangerous missile site in Cuba. Number eight. This one is what some people would say is number one historically, but it's number eight in this little infographic. The Hindenburg disaster, May 6, 1937. And now it's smoking. A terrific black smoke floating up into the sky. The flames are still leaping, maybe 30, 40 feet from the ground. The entire 811 feet length of it. They're frantically calling for ambulances and things. That was the broadcast, 1937. I don't really do it justice there, but I'm reading it in very small print. Hindenburg disaster. Number seven, the Marilyn Monroe interview. Number six, the D-Day invasion covered on June 6, 1944. Sixth most iconic radio moment. The fifth... Marconi's transmission in 1901, Marconi sent the first radio transmission across the Atlantic. Uh, Morse code for the letter S. Number four, so that's number five. Number four, the War of the Worlds. Radio listeners on October 3rd, 1938, described, uh, uh, descended into panic when they were, started listening to the radio drama War of the Worlds. Number three. Number three. Let's see here. You know what? We're going to take a short break. Check out a little technical issue here. When we come back, listeners, we will continue with this episode 308. You're listening to Jared Baldwin on Live Till 5 here at KHMG 88.1 FM. It's Friday, 315, March 29th. Back after this. And we're back with a little more live till 5, 3.20 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios on Friday, March 29th. For some of you, you might have experienced a short break in the broadcast. Don't be worried. You do not have to go out and sell your car, assuming that your radio is broken. You do not have to, uh, you know, call the station or send a, a petition signed by 10,000 of your closest friends. We figured it out. I neglected to push one button two times. You could understand if it was two buttons one time, but it's just the same button pushing it twice at the beginning of the broadcast. I've only done this 308 times. And a lot of the equipment up here has changed, but that piece of equipment hasn't changed all 308 episodes. And I neglected to push the button. So some of you listening on air might have missed part of that first 15 minutes of the show. But have no worries. On the rebroadcast, noon to 2 Saturday, or 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night, you can listen to that 15 minutes. Or you can just download the podcast later on through khmg.org. So it all worked out. A great, natural, uh, shameless self-promotion of our rebroadcasting uh, efforts. Let me talk again. I, I got about halfway through 
these most iconic radio moments. Number 10 was Winston Churchill's speech. Number 9 was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Our theme today is radio, by the way. Happy anniversary to us here at KHMG. 23 years on the air since this last Tuesday. Broadcasting for more than 23 years. Or, let's see, broadcasting for almost 25 years. Broadcasting for almost 50 years. Well, that might be rounding up too high. Broadcasting for almost 25 years. There you go. I digress. The top 10 most iconic radio moments, according to this infographic I have in front of me here. Hmm. Number 10, Winston Churchill's speech. Number 9, Cuban Missile Crisis. Number 8, the Hindenburg Disaster. Number 7, Marilyn Monroe Interview. Number 6, the D-Day Invasion. Number 5, Marconi's Transmission. Number four, the War of the Worlds broadcast on October 30th, 1938. Number three, Japan attacks Pearl Harbor. The Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor led to an emergency radio announcement on December 7th, 1941. This significant moment in history was what led to the United States entering World War II. Number two, war is declared. Former Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain announced uh, the declaration of war between England and Germany in the House of Commons through a radio uh, broadcast on the 3rd of September, 1939. And then number one, Martin Luther King, his speech, I Have a Dream, made in person at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, but recorded and transmitted around the world through radio during the Civil Rights Rally on August 28, 1963. Ten most iconic radio moments. And today is an iconic radio episode, episode 308, here of Live Till 5. Glad to have you with us. I am Jared Baldwin, your host. We broadcast this show every Friday afternoon live right here at the KHMG studios on the campus of Harvest Ministries, the third floor, directly above the hub, our little coffee shop here on Guam. Or on at harvest on Guam, and uh, we've been doing this 308 episodes, so right at almost six years we've been doing this show, and uh, glad to have you with us for this one today. Talking about radio, have some stories that are stranger than fiction. For example, now I love it when we get listener submitted content. Now today I had a personal assistant, TB, who prepared a lot of my research. And I appreciate TB's help on this. I would not have been able to get it done. We had an all-day meeting off campus, and I got back just in time for the show. So TB's help made all the difference. But TB wishes to remain nameless, so I will not say TB's actually name. But thank you, honey. Okay, um, Heinz. I got this one from KK, actually. All the rest are from TB. Heinz turns 150 years old. And this is from... uh, Chicago, I think it's Chicago, USA Today, Chicago reporter here. So Heinz Ketchup, the company sells 650 million bottles of ketchup alone annually, but it started out as a child, an eight-year-old child, H.J. Heinz. He started peddling produce from his mother's garden. Um, Also... The product that most people associate with the name Heinz is, listeners, yeah, ketchup. But that's not the first condiment the business manufactured. That distinction belonged to horseradish. Horseradish. 
Once again, Heinz looked to the mom for the boost, this time in the form of her horseradish recipe. Horseradish recipe, debuted in 1869. Uh, another one, a century and a half before transparency became an industry buzzword, Heinz chose to sell food in see-through glass bottles rather than popular opaque brown ones. His seasoning was what he wanted to showcase in his products, quality and purity as well, according to the company. Another fact about Heinz, 150-year-old Heinz here. The Heinz name twice came close to getting into 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. H.J. Heinz's great-grandson, U.S. Senator John Heinz, Republican from Pennsylvania, was rumored to be a possible presidential candidate, but he was killed in a plane crash in suburban Philadelphia in 1991 at the age of 52. His widow, Teresa, later married John Kerry, who ran for president in 2004 and lost to incumbent George W. Bush. You ever wonder about that Heinz 57 number? There's a 57 on the label, uh, I think, of all Heinz products. And then, of course, there's Heinz 57 sauce. And what do you think the 57 stands for? I've often thought maybe there are 57 ingredients. You know, kind of like Baskin-Robbins has, you know, 31 flavors. Maybe there's 57 different types of sauces from Heinz, and this was the 57th. Um, Maybe it's how many calories or something like that, or how many people it took to make it or the year it was made. Well, Heinz slapped that number, 57, on his packaging, not because they made 57 varieties, but because he liked the aesthetics of it. The Heinz lineup actually included more than 60 foods, You can still see that numeral on Heinz Foods, but its spot on the classic ketchup bottle is key. The company said that it's the perfect place to hit in order uh, to get the ketchup to flow out at its top speed of .028 miles per hour. So they put the 57 in just the right spot that if your ketchup, because it's so thick, needs to come out of the bottle, not the squeeze bottle, but the glass bottle, pop it right there at the 57. But the 57 is actually a bogus number. It's just a nice looking number, I guess. 1920s, the company was the first national brand to have food certified kosher by the Orthodox Union, the premier U.S. agency of its kind. The approval symbol of U in an O can still be found on many Heinz products, including ketchup and baked beans. Those containing meat, notably pork products, of course, are an exception. And finally, maybe advertising prowess is in the company's DNA. Rewind to 1893 at the World's Fair in Chicago. The company's booth wasn't near any of the big attractions, so H.J. Hines came up with a stunt to lure fairgoers. By the time it was over, he'd given away close to one million pickle pins. You know, like a pen you put on your clothing. Seven years later, the company was behind what was believed to be the first electronic billboard in New York City, a six-story high pickle, where the Flatiron Building is now. Then, in 1987, Heinz aired its now classic commercial featuring a bottle slowly pouring out ketchup from the top of that building, giving the bottle uh, positioner enough time to run downstairs, buy a hot dog before catching the condiment on his food. The company provided uh, uh, prescience when it came to finding talent. The star of that TV show was the future Friends actor Matt LeBlanc. Anyway, that's probably the least interesting thing about that, but just that they were really good at marketing and advertising. First out, starting off with one of those pickle pins, which I imagine for pen people are probably highly collectible now. 
So, happy birthday, Heinz. 150 years. Not quite as great as being on the radio for 23 years, but it's a, it's a close second. Here's a couple of stranger than fiction stories, because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. And ever since episode 001, we've had stories that sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're odd, sometimes they're infuriating, but just the way the title is written, it's just so weird. I just have to share it. Here's, here's an interesting story from Reuters. German yachtsman inflates trousers to survive three hours in sea. From Wellington, knocked overboard in rough seas off New Zealand, a German yachtsman credited his jeans with saving his life. After fashioning them into a makeshift life jacket that kept him afloat for over three hours before his his rescue by the Coast Guard. Arne Merck, 30, was sailing with his brother in Tologa Bay on the east coast of New Zealand's North Island on March 6th when the yacht's boom swung unexpectedly, whacking him into the water. Unable to reach the life jacket thrown by his brother, Merck was soon carried off by the swell. Luckily, he said, I knew the trick with my jeans. Without the jeans, I wouldn't be here today. They were really the things that saved my life. He made knots at the ends of the legs and pulled them over uh, water to get air inside of them and then forced them under to trap the air to create an improvised life vest. Rescue helicopter managed to locate the German boat three and a half hours after he was knocked overboard. I actually have images of him uh, being rescued. But uh, I remember uh, going to a youth activity as a teenager, and they it was like an all-night activity, and they had a giant swimming pool, and all the guys were swimming. And our um, counselor had been in the U.S. Navy, and he had brought his Navy dungaree bell-bottoms. And when we got in the pool, he took the bell-bottoms off. He had his swim trunks on underneath and he did exactly what this guy did. He took them off. He uh, tied the ankles into knots. Then he kind of uh, whipped the pants, the trousers, to get air into them. And then he tightened the belt real tight. Then he put it up underneath his arms, and he had a life preserver. And that's when I realized I didn't want to go into the Navy at all. But I did realize also, very innovative as far as uh, self-flotation. Here's, here's a couple more, then we're going to take a break. Hit by an arrow. Mobile phone dies, saving Australian man. In Melbourne here, an Australian man had a lucky escape while confronting a man armed with a bow outside of his home. First off, if, a, if there's a guy threatening you with a bow and arrow outside your home, go back inside. Uh, as a loosed arrow pierced the mobile telephone that he was holding to take a photograph of the incident, the 43-year-old man had returned on Wednesday to find the man, who was known to him, waiting outside his home in Nimbin, Australia, small east coast town, around 150 kilometers south of Brisbane. The resident held up his mobile phone to take a photo of the armed man, who then engaged the bow and was ready to fire. It's alleged that the man fired the arrow at the resident, which pierced through the man's mobile phone, causing the phone to hit him in the chin. It left a small laceration that did not require medical treatment. The 39-year-old man was arrested at the scene and charged. Imagine if he wouldn't have been trying to take a picture. So maybe taking pictures of things, especially crazy things like that, can save your life. Maybe. 
In that case, it did, for sure. Here's one I thought was very interesting. Just the name of it. It's out of South Africa. It says, step aside, Francis Bacon, brandishing a paintbrush in her snout. No, just stay with me. I have the whole story here. Brandishing a paintbrush in her snout. Pig Casso enthusiastically tosses her head to create bright, bold strokes across the canvas propped up in her sty. The sow was rescued from uh, an abattoir as a piglet and brought to an animal sanctuary in South Africa's Western Cape region. And now the owners noticed her love of color and paintbrushes. And then uh, basically they gave her a paintbrush, they gave her some paint, and voila. Soon the pig was dipping the brushes into pots of paints and making her mark. Her paintings can sell for almost $4,000. With the proceeds going to animal welfare. She has even had one of her artwork turned into a watch face for Swiss Swiss watchmaker Swatch. Swatch announced the collaboration with the pig last month. <clears throat> the limited edition, quote, Flying Pig by Miss Pig Casso, end quote, featured green, blue, and pink brush strokes and sells for $120. This is a quote here. Uh, Picasso is definitely an abstract expressionist. You can de- you can't exactly define what she's painting, but I can tell you that her style slightly changes depending on her mood, like any great artist. Hmm. I'm not gonna make any bacon jokes. That pig is just too talented. That's some pig. But can the pig spell? Okay, and then finally, this one was very interesting as well. Um, this was a kind of a, a humorous little story that I came across Reuters out of Switzerland. So my uh, stranger than fiction stories today are coming from all corners of the globe. But this first one here, <clears throat> or this last one, out of Bergdorf, Switzerland. Exposing cheese to round-the-clock music could give it more flavor. Now, what music, let me ask you listeners, do you think will make cheese the most flavorful? Well, nine wheels of immemental uh, cheese, weighing about 22 pounds each, were placed in separate wooden crates last spring to test the impact of music on flavor and aroma. The cheese was exposed to 24-hour a day, 24-hour a day, <clears throat> to music by a group called A Tribe Called Quest and their hip-hop track, We Got It From Here, Mozart's Magic Flute Opera, or Led Zeppelin's rock classic Stairway to Heaven. One Wheel uh, played the throbbing techno uh, UV, another dark ambient monolith. Sound waves at low, medium, and high frequencies were played for three others while One Wheel was left in peace. Here's a quote. Uh, from the Bern University of Arts researcher who reported the findings. The most obvious differences were observed in the strength of flavor, smell, and test. The hip-hop sample topped the list of all cheese exposed to music in terms of fruitiness and was the strongest of these in terms of smell and taste. Benjamin Luzi, a Swiss TV chef and jury member, told Reuters TV, quote, the differences were very clear in term of t- in term of texture, taste, and appearance, and there really was something very different, end quote. 
The experiment, instead of using loudspeakers, used many transmitters to conduct the energy of the music into the cheese. All the energy is directly resonating inside the cheese, Michael Herrenberg of Bern University told Reuters. So basically, uh, the idea is now to take five to ten cheeses and put hip-hop music on them and then compare them. So it's not, it's not a done deal yet. They're still trying to figure out which hip-hop music makes the cheese taste better in Switzerland. So hip-hop Swiss cheese, would you pay more for it? Or would you rather have like... You know, Mozart, Baby Einstein, Baby Swiss or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I have a special guest up here with me today. Going to round out the hour with that. Then we'll have a little What's in My Coffee and a quiz with Sebastian. We're going to talk about some more radio stuff in the second hour. And, oh, yeah, stick around the second hour for a big announcement. That's all I'm going to say. Episode 308 here on Live Till 5, 3.39 p.m. on this Friday, March 29th. Glad to have you with us more after this short break. back with a little more live till five it's friday march 29 3 44 p.m here at the khmg studios as i mentioned in the previous segments happy anniversary to us here at harvest family radio we've been on the air for over 23 years celebrated the 23rd anniversary of harvest family radio this past tuesday march 26th and i actually have a 21 second clip i'd like to share with you of the very first broadcast of Harvest Family Radio from over 23 years ago. So listen to this very short first broadcast from Harvest Family Radio. This is KHMG 88.1 on your FM dial. KHMG is a ministry of Harvest Baptist Church. I'm Pastor John Lewis, and today we began our own air testing for what will eventually be 24-hour-a-day inspirational music and family-related programming. Pretty neat. That's a that's a voice from the past there. The very first broadcast, the first of the test broadcasts, really, for KHMG over 23 years ago. And uh, to God be the glory, great things he has done. Now, for the last, mm, you know, 12 to 15 minutes of this show, I would like, for, of this first hour of the show, we have a whole second hour still. What's in my coffee? Uh, some more Stranger Than Fiction, talking about our theme, radio today, a big quiz with Sebastian, and a number of other fun things. Uh, but I have a special guest with me the rest of this hour, and it is Abby Nagengast. Many of you have met Abby before, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, she's been on the air with us at least two or three times before. Abby, how are you doing? Good. All right. Abby, how old are you, by the way? 23. Abby is 23 years old, and uh, Abby works here at Harvest Christian Academy in the cafeteria, so if you get to go to the cafeteria, you get to see Abby's smiling face uh, every day. I go in there, I only go in there one day a week, chili day, but she's the chili lady, so you know, it works out great. So now, Abby, um, you are, you have, when it comes to this radio station, your brother is kind of famous with our listeners, uh, Lawrence Nangast is your older brother. Yes. What other siblings do you have? Uh, um, I would 
probably say Or what what's your other what's your sister's names? I mean Oh. Yeah. Um well you know Lawrence, my brother. Mm-hmm. Um the second one is Erica. Mm-hmm. Joy. Where does she live? Baltimore. Okay. And then Anna. Mm-hmm. Lise. Yeah, and she lives in New York? Yes. Okay. And then myself. Mm-hmm. Do I have to say my name? Uh, no, I got it. Okay. We got it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and then who's the baby of the family? Um, Noelle. Noelle. And she's in college in Florida. Yes, Pensacola. Pensacola, Florida. Great. Okay, well, for those listening... If you've ever met Abby, you know that she's a very positive, very kind, loving person. She's always asking people how they're doing. She's very compassionate, and uh, she's just fun to have here at Harvest. Now, Abby has something that she was born with. Abby, what is it that you were born with that people that can't see us talking, but if they met you, they would know that you were born with something? What is it? Down syndrome. Down syndrome, okay. And Down Syndrome Awareness Day, I think it's World Down Syndrome Awareness Day, was a little over a week ago. And as I was talking to your dad, uh, Dr. Larry Nangast, we were talking about, hey, maybe we should get Abby to come up and talk a little bit about this. And so um, I had asked you to come up here, and I had a couple questions I had already told you I would ask. So Mm -hmm. first off, for our listeners, what is Down Syndrome? It's called trisomy 21, um, and that means is there's an extra pair um, in my 21st pair of chromosome. Okay. Okay, great. And, and I think this is trisomy uh, month as well, and I think that's why the Down Syndrome Awareness Day is this month. So um, now you were born with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up with Down syndrome? Um, well, I had ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I would, I really didn't discuss this with myself, but um, the answers. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say growing up with Down syndrome, um, like one of the answers would be like, um, I really don't know, really. Yeah, so but. what What was, um, were there any difficulties having oh. Down syndrome? Like, it, yeah. growing up, did, did it cause you any difficulties at all? Um, not really. I mean, it's hard for me to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a great memory. Mm-hmm. You do. You've memorized a lot of scripture, and you've memorized every hymn in the hymn book. Yes. Yes. So, but, so memory, your memory is very strong, but your speech sometimes is affected, which people listening that don't know you, maybe they could, now that you say that, they might hear that, but, um, and then, uh, so what are some of the good parts of having Down syndrome? Are there any parts Mm -hmm. that you're like, because I know some uh, things about you, like you're a very positive person, you have a very positive outlook. Right. Um, Are there some things that, uh, that you found that are a blessing about it? Well, I am very positive about things. Um, I'm very honest about things. Um, I'm a lovable person, and I spread love to everyone that I know. Yep, that's right. That's right. I think everyone really enjoys uh, having you as a friend and a coworker because of that, and you do spread love and joy to everyone you know. So let me ask you this. 
So you've memorized a lot of scripture verses. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know approximately how many? Do you have a number, or um, it's in the hundreds? I'm sure. Well, I can say I've done John 19 and 20, mm-hmm. um, Luke 2, um, John. I can't remember. I think it was four. Okay. Um, the Jesus temptations. Okay. Yep. Um, and then Psalms one hundred thirty nine, the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then um, Philippians. Uh, I want to say four. Mm-hmm. Like a uh, little bit. Of yeah. Chapter four. Yep. And then you so. Out of all those verses that you've memorized, would you say you have a favorite verse? Yes. What would that be? Psalms 139.14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. All right. Now, why why is that your favorite verse? Um, because when I was um, growing up, or when I was born, um, I've been hearing a lot about abortions and which was really sad, um, but um, I was looking through the Bible, and I found that verse, and I thought, like, it really popped in my head that it's true, because when I was born um, from my mother's womb, um, that I was fearfully unlawfully made. Yeah, yeah, and I, I totally agree, and I think our listeners appreciate that, that God has given us his word to remind us that he makes each one of us different. Everyone is unique, and we're each a wonderful creation by the Lord. And um, and so, you know, you're very blessed to have that, to, to know that, and that your parents taught you that. And um, now, Abby, uh, let, can I ask you a couple questions I didn't tell you I was going to ask you? Yes. Yeah, I'll try not to ask you anything that's too crazy, but um, number one... Uh, you graduated from uh, high school. Yes. Yes. Was going through high school difficult um, mm. with Down syndrome? Did that affect the way you had to go through high school? Kind of. Um, well, when I was in school, um, in the lower grades, I had a, a different teacher for speech. Mm-hmm. Two different teachers for speech. And one different teacher for reading. Okay. Okay. But some of your other classes you took just yes. with all the other students. Yes. And then you graduated. You went through all 12 grades, graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And then um, you've had some other, you worked at a, a plastics uh, company in the States, yes. right? Before you worked yes. here. Yes. What was your job there? Um, well, it was called, it was called a, uh, a plant, mm-hmm. but it was ideal machinery, mm-hmm. um, and I cleaned um, most most parts. Okay, all right. And then um, since you've been here at Harvest, you had a job at first in the office where you were helping us last summer work in the office, yes, and kind of an office assistant. And then now you're working in the cafeteria. Yes. What jobs do they have you working on in the cafeteria? Um. I mean, you're, are you cooking or serving? Both. Both. Okay. All right. What's your favorite thing to serve at the cafeteria? Well, I do two 
I, I do two days mm-hmm. of serving. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursdays, I serve chili and rice. And Fridays, I serve pizza. Great. All right. And then have you made some friends working in there as well? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, that's that's got to be fun, getting to work with friends and things like that. And then, Abby, what do you do in this last uh, couple minutes here? What do you do for, for fun? Like when, when you get off work, if you need to just relax, what do you like to do for fun? This is kind of weird, but huh. <laughs> uh, actually, I... Um, I do watch a uh, couple shows, mm-hmm. but my favorite thing to to do is to go in my room and I sing. Oh, wow. Great. You do like to sing. I've seen yes. you sing in church as well. Yeah. And so, choir. So, uh, and in choir, that's right. You stand right on the end where I sit. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's, let's talk about this because we have, we probably have another two minutes here to talk. So... Um, so you have this unique memory ability. You remember someone can call out the number of a page in our hymn book, the majesty hymn book. And you know what the name of the hymn is, or they can say the name of the hymn and you can tell them the number. Right. And also you probably don't know this, but I actually know like to give an example, like, um, gotta think of when I know. Um, like living for Jesus mm-hmm. is three sixty nine, mm-hmm. and then three sixty eight is a tender heart, mm-hmm. and three seventy is must Jesus bear the cross alone. Wow! So you you can recall, you know, one up or one down. So yeah. I could say, oh, what's the what's the hymn just before this hymn, and you'd be able to remember. Yeah. That's very good. So how did you uh? decide to memorize all of those was that a project your parents gave you no, or school? I or? learned it for myself okay um actually I don't know if I can say this but I hope you don't tell Pastor Gary this okay because um I actually when I was gro- growing up in church um I typically um <sighs> copied down all the numbers down Copy all the numbers down on paper while the preacher is preaching. Ah, because you have the hymn book right there with you, and that makes sense. And another thing would be, um, I usually get tired. Yep. And um, I usually fall asleep in church. Mm -hmm. Don't tell Pastor Gary that too. um, (laughs) I won't tell him. I can't guarantee he won't hear that, but I won't tell him. So that helped keep you kind of alert. During yeah, the service. like yeah. awake. Sure, sure. And then so you write them all down. Yeah. And then how would you study them to memorize them? Because a lot of people write things down and forget them. How do you keep it in your brain? I really don't know, really. Just by putting it down and copying it over and over again, it's stuck. Yeah, yeah. And I go through the titles, mm-hmm. the topics, the scriptures. Wow. And so you review this information to yeah. keep it fresh. Like, can I give an Example. Yeah, give one last example. Um, does Jesus care? Mm-hmm. Four ninety one, and the first Peter five seven, and then about care, comfort, and care. Wow, Abby, that's a real gift. You are yeah. very talented, and God has blessed you with a great memory. I know a lot of people who wish they could remember things that way, 
But it sounds like a lot of it's just hard work as well, writing it down yeah, and reviewing it. So, Abby, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank uh, you. And uh, I really appreciate you coming up and joining me on well, the show today. Thank you for having me. All right. And listeners, that was Abby Nagengast, sister to the semi-famous Lawrence Nagengast, who you hear on the show every single week. Abby was gracious enough to spend her afternoon with us for a few minutes here on the air And uh, we're glad that we could have you with us as well. That wraps up the first of two hours of Live Till 5. Make sure you come back after the top of the hour where we will have another hour with a quiz from Sebastian, some Stranger Than Fiction topics, and more Live Till 5. You're listening to us here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam, episode 308 on this Friday, March 29th, back after the top of the news. back with the second hour of Live Till 5. It's Friday, March 29th, 4.05 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Glad to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you for being patient with me through a few technical things. I've had at least two technical issues that were directly related to me not pushing the right button at the right time. But that's the beauty of live radio. Thanks for being with us on this Friday, March 29th, 4.06 p.m. Broadcasting high top the campus of Harvest Ministries. From the worldwide headquarters, this is KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. You know, we've been on the air for 23 years. And Abby Nagengast, who was our special guest in the first hour, reminded me that she is also 23 years old. She's the same age as this radio station. And here's a 21-second clip. I played it in the first hour as well. Of the very first broadcast here at KHMG 23 years ago. This is KHMG 88.1 on your FM dial. KHMG is a ministry of Harvest Baptist Church. I'm Pastor John Lewis, and today we begin our own air testing for what will eventually be 24-hour-a-day inspirational music and family-related programming. There you go. That was Pastor John Lewis back in the day, over 23 years ago, when they started the test broadcasts. For KHMG 88.1 FM. And now, 23 years later, we are indeed on the air 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we get to do a lot of neat things here at KHMG, including but not limited to this uh, program that you're listening to right now. We really do enjoy having that. And we enjoy having special guests up here like Abby Navengast, who was able to talk a little bit about Down Syndrome Awareness Day, World Down Syndrome Awareness Day. And uh, she was very open, and, and uh, you know, you can hear it in her voice. If you not, have not had a chance to get to know Abby Nangast, you should come to Harvest and uh, meet her and get to know her because she is really uh, just a little ray of sunshine here in our ministry family. She works here, and uh, she's part of our church and sings in the choir and just a very nice, nice young lady. And um, she's been on the radio with us. I think this might have been our third or fourth time, but... This is her first time going solo on a, in a one-on-one interview. Parents weren't up here. Her mom was out in the wings waiting with her niece, but uh, she was able to do the interview by herself. It was great. So really enjoyed that. Now, we are talking radio stuff, and we're going to do a quiz with Sebastian here in a couple minutes. I'll take a short break. 
Chris will come back in, and then Sebastian and Chris and I will do this little quiz. It is the the radio station anniversary, so I wanted to talk a little bit about where in the world did radio stuff come from. And I'll turn Sebastian's mic on if he wants to chime in anytime because he's a radio professional. Oh, yeah. He's got a oh sorry wrong mic. There's my third mistake of the day. There, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's also got a radio hat on, attractive new uh, KHMG eighty point one FM. Harvest Family Radio gray ball cap with the logo. It's nice. He still has a sticker on it to prove that it's a, it's a actually not an off brand, but it's a thirty nine thirty brand. So very mm-hmm. nice. That's how all the cool kids are wearing them today, Sebastian. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I, I realize that. At I, least you have yeah. the bill facing forward. You know. So you know, <laughs> you're cool, but you're not too cool for school. Okay. So radio. The etymology of the word radio, derived from the Latin word radius. Maybe you've heard of that before. Yeah. Meaning spoke of a wheel, beam of light, or ray. It was first applied to communications in 1881 when, at the suggestion of French scientist Ernest Mercadier, Alexander Graham Bell adopted radiophone, meaning radiated sound, as an alternate name to the photophone optical transmission system. However, this invention would not be widely adopted. Following Heinrich Hertz, Hertz's Discovery, not the rental car guy, the guy who who discovered the existence of radio waves in 1886. A variety of terms were initially used for this radiation, including Hertzian waves, electric waves, or ether waves. The first practical, have you ever heard people say that like something traveled through the ether, you know, the ether waves there? Mm -hmm. The first practical radio communication system developed by uh, 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 Marconi, so, uh, Guglielmo, 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 yeah, him, <laughs> Marconi, Mr. Marconi, 1894-1895, transmitted telegraph signals by radio waves, so radio communication was first called wireless telegraphy. Up until about 1910, the term wireless telegraphy was also included a variety of other experimental systems for transmitting telegraph signals without wires, including electrostatic induction, electromagnetic induction, and aquatic and earth conduction. So there was a need for a more precise term referring exclusively to electromagnetic radiation. It kind of goes on from there. But the origin of the word for radio is radius, so like a ray, like a spoke of a wheel. The invention for radio itself, uh, over several years, starting in 1894, Italian inventor G. Marconi built the first complete commercially successful wireless telegraphy system based on the airborne Hertzian waves, radio transmissions. Marconi demonstrated the application of radio in military and marine communications and started a company for the development and propagation of radio communication services and equipment. Kind of goes on from there and all the things in this article about Hertzian waves. Marconi himself, 1894, the young Italian inventor, uh, Guglielmo, Guglielmo, (laughs) it's G-U-G, I mean, everyone at home might be cringing or laughing, uh, depending on what kind of mood you're in, but G-U-G-L-I-E-L-M-O. So, goo, and then gliel, and then mo. Guglielmo. Guglielmo. Yeah. <laughs> Marconi. That's the easy part to pronounce is Marconi. Began working on the idea of building a commercial wireless telegraphy system based on the use of Hertzian waves. 
a line of inquiry that he noted other inventors did not seem to be pursuing. Marconi read through the literature and used the ideas of others who were experimenting with radio waves, but did a great deal to develop devices such as portable transmitters and receiver systems that could work over long distances, turning what was essentially a laboratory experiment into a useful communication system. By 1895, Marconi was field testing his system, but even with improvements, he was only able to transmit signals for up to one half of a mile of distance. Oliver Lodge uh, predicted this in 1894, that the maximum transmission for radio waves would only be one half of a mile. Marconi raised the height of his antenna and hit upon the idea of grounding his transmitter and receiver. With these improvements, the system was capable of transmitting up to two miles. And over hills, Marconi's experimental apparatus proved to be the first engineering complete commercially successful radio transmission system. Marconi's apparatus is also credited with saving 700 people who survived the tragic Titanic disaster. It's very interesting. Marconi. Uh, Chris Harper is a radio professional. He actually went to school for this. Uh, Chris, you've heard of Marconi before. Yeah, of course. They have the Marconi Awards. Right. Yep. Which are for excellence in, I think. Uh, excellence this, in broadcasting. Excellence radio, in radio yep. broadcasting. Yep. Do you know how to say his first name? That's the real question. I don't know. What is his first name? G-U-G-L-I-E-L-M-O. Guglielmo. Guglielmo. I don't know that I've ever even seen his first name. There might be a reason for that. To be honest. Because I've heard of Marconi many times, but I've never heard the name. And I've even read the little, his face is on the little award, and Mm -hmm. I've even read the little wrap-up about the award at one point or another, and... I don't remember his first name being there. Yeah, yeah. It's I think so, it, I think it's it's uh, problematic to pronounce, and probably was not the first name per, uh, broadcast on the radio because of how hard it is. So, well, anyway, we were just talking about radio because it is the radio anniversary, and I played the clip of that very beginning, that opening uh, broadcast transmission from John Lewis when the radio station first opened up. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, like, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. And that was when they were just doing test transmissions. So, Chris, you've helped set up new radio stations before. What's that basic process of going from, hey, I'd like to start a radio station, to broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Uh, There's a lot that goes into it because what you're trying to figure out, first of all, is whether or not you can get the license. And I've gone through that process where you have to fill out all the documentation to get the license. You do engineering surveys. You've got to have a piece of land that you can put the uh, the tower on and the transmitter uh, building. And um, there's there's all these details. And then you've got to, of course, apply for a license, which today in the United States and, and um, in its territories, um, there is not too many opportunities for new radio stations. Hmm. We started one in Alaska uh, years ago, but... Um, that was when there was still a few frequencies available, and they don't always open it up for you to apply. You can't just apply any old time. They have to open up uh, application, um, you know, windows for people to apply. So we we did when they opened it up in Alaska, and uh, we got a station um, in Big Lake, um, and you have to go through all the government paperwork that is included, and it's not a simple task. It's not an inexpensive task. I was going to say, there's there's probably a lot of startup costs for uh, getting a radio station yeah. going. Yeah, and, and there's the other thing is you've got to have 
um, once they grant you a provisional license, actually the first thing you get is a building permit. And then you've got to establish your your tower site, and you've got to figure out how you get the tower up. And you're you know there's not that many people who can put up a tower. Yeah. And then you've got to have you know uh, you've got to have get the transmitter, which is a huge initial investment. I don't remember how many watts our transmitter was, but it was tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. for the transmitter we bought. And you've got to get the transmission lines and the you know. Uh, and, and so then you details. have the studio cost build. You have to have right. a room and all these piece of equipment that I keep uh, pushing the wrong buttons for today, <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah. the microphones and the soundproofing and yeah. and then the power consumption. Something that I didn't understand until I started working with the radio station a couple years ago is the overall power consumption that uh, yeah. transmission takes. I mean, the power bill alone is huge for radio broadcast. And and the more the the higher the um, power of the station, the more electricity you're using. Yeah. And, and we only have an 8,000-watt transmitter uh, here, but it's expensive enough yeah. for the uh, power bill every month. So, yeah, it's, just all, it's all very significant. And it's a little intimidating mm-hmm. because um, you don't know how it's all going to go and you're at the mercy of someone else. But there should be barriers to entry because the airwaves are public mm-hmm. and they don't belong to, you know, individuals or companies they they belong to the community at large and so that's why we're committed to on the basis of our licensure and then committed to because that's what we want to be uh broadcasting in the public interest yep Yep. so that's that's what we're that's what our mandates are for every broadcaster and then um, and what do you mean by that? We're, we're going to take a short break here in a second. Yeah. But when you're talking about broadcasting in the public interest, every uh, radio station, as well as I believe all um, over-the-air television uh, networks as well, have to have a similar commitment through the FCC regulations. But what would be some examples of things that we do for the public interest? They give you certain guidelines as as far as the kinds of topics you have to address and how often you have to address them. Like there has to be enough programming that is related to your health or related to your finances or related to your family life or related to your, you know, your your character as a person or there's all these categories and we actually have to file a report every quarter. Sebastian helps out file this report, and we have to put it on our online public file, which you can go to our website, see the public file link is right there. And we have a report that tells all the different times during the week that we broadcast public service material. It can be a lot of things. It can be it can be a pastor's sermon, providing he's talking about your family, or he's talking about your finances, or he's talking about your um, how you relate to people on the job, or how... Anything that is is um, known to be like and defined as a help to the community at large, and it can even be to a small segment of the community. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to relate to every single person, right? But right. it does have to relate to uh, enough of the community to be um, to be considered in the public interest. Hmm. Yeah, and it makes sense. And you can hear how uh, some broadcasters, uh, if they're a commercial station, they're going to have to kind of find ways to get little ad council 
blurbs sure. in there to try and make sure that they reach those uh, benchmarks. For us, it's a little more natural in what we do every day. We're already doing really everything's in the interest of the public and what we do, but we can specifically identify every hour things that we're doing in the public interest. So, Yeah, you know what? A lot of radio stations that play music all day do, they, they wait till like 2 a.m. on Sunday and they broadcast a little half-hour program interview about your health or your yep. finances or legal things or um, some sort of consumer, you know, advice. Yeah. Yep. And and they uh, air that at you know two a.m. Sunday morning. Yeah. I know because I've worked at radio stations that you know Sunday at two a.m. You yep. got to make sure that public service program runs because yep. otherwise you get shut down by the FCC. So Well, when I was a kid, I remember waking up too early some, uh, and we're going to take a break here, too early on some Saturday mornings and the farm report was on. Oh, yeah. So boring. Definitely I was like, oh, I woke interest. up too early. But yeah, yeah, it was the farm report. It was the weather and the news about farming and, and it was in the public interest. And then they showed the good stuff. Sure. So after sure. that. So speaking of the good stuff, we're going to take a short break and come back for Sebastian's Good Stuff Quiz and uh, more about the topic of radio. So listeners, stick around. More live till 5 after this short break. The second second segment of the second hour of the live till five for this Friday, March 29th. We got Chris and Sebastian here in the studio with me today. I keep hitting the wrong buttons. I don't know what it is today. I'm a little rusty. Only 308 episodes behind well, us. We missed last week, right? Well, that's we, true. We weren't here last week. That's true. Spring break, and we decided to play. Really, what has been what is my favorite episode, and I've heard many other Which people is say I it's one of it. their favorites. Good job, good job. And uh, well, so, in combination with Chris, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, we give credit here. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, in the first hour, I talked about how in Switzerland they're studying what kind of music uh, makes their cheese taste better, and they found that hip hop music made the most difference in the age color and and taste of the cheese the agedness and the color what do you taste. mean it made them like what so they, they play took, the music in yes, the room they not only played the music in the rooms they actually uh, uh put the sound waves going right into the cask that has the cheese aging in it and they did this for a certain period of time you should listen to the first hour show i, I talked all about it it's great it's great <laughs> it's the best <laughs> and um so there was all different kinds mozart hip-hop Heavy metal, all these ones, and the the panel of judges, or they call it the jury, Switzerland, they like to do everything their own yeah, way. Exactly. Um, the jury said that somehow it we was, take a shot at Switzerland. <laughs> I don't know, you know, they're easy, easy, low hanging fruit. Um, they, uh, he said specifically, there was a distinct difference in the taste. And color of the cheese okay, that was absorbed, uh, exposed to hip hop. No. I'm just thinking maybe our our bumper music would make cheese taste really good. It has to be the the 
way that the, it moves the cheese yes. and the beat of the song yes. on a rap song would right. obviously be different than Mozart. And that's true. So, I mean, you're going to get more movement. More disruptive. Yeah, yes. More disruptive. Yeah. So, right. it, it, you know, one more good reason to listen to KHMG 88.1. Not only is it less disruptive to your cheese, but it also helps build your life. <laughs> well, we, I should put that in That'd the mix for positioners. Here. We're less disruptive to your cheese. Harvest Family Radio won't age your cheese yeah. like hip hop. You know, you got to like add that in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. and then fill in the blank, like any other kind. So anyway, well, it was it yeah. was funny when I read it. Now, uh, we do have our drinks in front of us here. Of course, these drinks are brought to us by our good friends down at the Hub. Some of them are even related to us down there. I won't say who. Whoa. Yeah. I Isn't won. that weird? That's weird. Yeah. My wife used to work. Oh, someone I know very well. <laughs> Used to work down there, and uh, they liked it. It's a great place. I hear TB worked there, too. TB TB <laughs> was one of the founding yeah. members of the band. Yeah. Now, I go down there every day, and they are so generous to bring us these drinks. And let's let's uh, do a little taste test. For those listening maybe for the first time, you've never heard us do this segment, we all get a drink provided to us by our on-campus coffee shop, which is open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., and it's a full service coffee shop. They have everything great: coffees, teas, uh, all, all kinds of other drinks, muffins, cookies, things like that. And they bring us these drinks. They don't tell us what they are. I have a little note that has the the big reveal for the end. But we're all tasting ours. We gave Lawrence's drink to his sister Abby because she was up here doing an interview, and I believe she had the calamansi hibiscus yes tea drink. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, that's Love that's it. a very and it's a beautiful one to look at too. Okay, so Chris. And yes. Sebastian, you guys both have hot drinks. Chris, what does yours taste like? This is a latte of some sort. Um, I believe it's a latte. And it has a sweet flavor to it. It's a hot drink. It has a big number four on the side. Mm. And it it tastes a little bit like... Maybe it's fantastic. Fantastic four. Yeah, it could be. Okay. I, don't, anyway. I don't know. Is that a thing? It's a, it's a comic book. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, come uh, on. <laughs> It, it is. It's a comic but, book? Yeah, yeah, you know, the Fantastic Four. Oh, the fa- yes. Yeah. Oh, the Fantastic All right. Four. There we the go. Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay, well, you didn't say that. Not like a that Fantastic. Way. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I, it was, a, it was a, one of those, you know, sometimes you a, make veiled references honestly, to your childhood. And, it sounded like a Fantastic Four. It sounded like a, I don't know. It was, it was I, I put the emphasis like on the, the wrong Fab syllable. Four or something. Yeah. It sounded yeah. like a team that had. Yeah. No. The, it. Oh, okay. It's like a March Madness thing. No, this gotcha. was, I was a con- it was a veiled comic book reference. Gotcha. gotcha. Anyway, take gotcha. two action. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's caramel, caramel latte. Hot. I believe it is. It's hot, but it's it's cooled down a lot because we've had yeah. it sitting here yes. for a while. Does it taste good? It's almost cold. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it back to the microwave back there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm going to heat it up for just maybe 30 seconds. Nice, nice. That okay, all right. And Sebastian, how about yours? Uh, not for me, but for those listening out there, how would you describe the difference between a latte and a mocha? A mocha? Not, not, not for me. Not for you. Yeah, but for those who are wondering. How would I describe? Because the, <laughs> well, what's, the, what's the there's one distinct latte? ingredient. In it. Milk, yeah. it seems, has... Latte have, is like, milk. Froth milk of some yes, sort. Yes, it has froth milk and espresso. Mocha has the same ingredients plus some type of chocolate in it usually. So mocha, I believe, would have yeah. a chocolate... Mm. A chocolate. Yeah, and I knew that. Chocolate. I was just, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I'm glad. You're asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. Asking for a friend. Yep. <laughs> Got it. Got it. You know, I've been so doing what, what are you drinking while. there? 
Or what's your I'm friend pretty... drinking? What's your <laughs> friend drinking? Well, I'm pretty sure my friend would have said a mocha, but I think he probably thinks it's a latte right now. Okay. All and, right. Um, you might both have lattes. We might all have lattes. Yeah, I, I, it's because it, it's coffee. Like, I taste the coffee. Mm-hmm. And then it's also got like a milky, milky, you know, sure. uh, texture yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's not exactly super sweet. Yeah. You know, so I'm going with some sort of like maybe a vanilla latte or vanilla something. Vanilla latte. Like that. Okay. All right. And I have an ice drink, and I think mine's a latte. So it's a latte for you, a latte for you, a latte for me, a latte for everybody. <laughs> I like Oprah giving away houses. Okay. Let's see here. Um, that's another veiled reference. There's a lot Fab, of memes out there about that. The Fab Four. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's I have the vanilla cold brew, ice huh. uh, ice cold brew. Abby had the hibiscus calamansi. You have the caramel macchiato. That's why you think it tastes like a mocha because it's it's not as light, milky. Oh, it's a darker. It's it's got extra espresso so or something. So it's caramel too. Oh, yeah, caramel okay. macchiato, and you have the creamy vanilla bean hot. What? Yep. Is uh, it sweet? That was sweet? easy. Anyone really could get that Yeah. One. If it's really sweet, it's it's usually more of a mix. Probably would have liked this one, Chris, because I like mix, the mix. sweeter drinks. I don't yeah. know. What's a macchiato? Macchiato is, is, it has to do with how much milk is in it. So it's the milk to espresso ratio. Like a cappuccino has very little milk in it. Macchiato yeah. has a certain amount. And it has to do with how much of it's steamed versus how much of it is just, it, it is froth. And so it's like a, a ratio thing. <laughs> See, I did, you know, Live Till Five has changed me quite a lot because mm-hmm. I just, when people went to Starbucks, because I'm from Washington yeah. State, yep. when people went to Starbucks and they ordered a drink, I would just make fun of them because yep. that's ridiculous. Yep. It's yep. absurd. Mm-hmm. And now I know what a macchiato is. That's right. And, I don't know, and you actually lost. would drink it. If someone gave it to you, you'll I'm, drink it. I'm kind of disgusted with myself, frankly. <laughs> you look bit. in the mirror and you yeah. say, look how far you've I, gone. Now I know what a macchiato That's right. is. That used is to drink Maxwell wrong. House out of an old cup, paper yeah. cup, and now look Taster's Choice. Taster's Choice. Like oh, that. Hills Brothers. You ban. drink that. You oh, ban. man, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> okay. And let's say it's not so. Good thing we've all <laughs> moved on from that. Well, yes. listeners, <laughs> all the drinks that we had were great, and you can get those at the Hub, Monday yes. through Friday, yes. 7.30 a.m., 4 p.m. They're great. Tell them that you heard about it here on Live Till 5. Now, Sebastian has a quiz, and of course, anytime Sebastian has a quiz, we have to play a little intro so people yes. know it's time. It's that time. Hurry, rush to your radio if you're hearing this rush in the background. Yes, <laughs> run to your radio. Because there's people that listen to the radio in the background, and once they hear this music, they're like, oh, i got to get to the radio. Drop everything. I assume that's what happens. Yep. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I'm calling this a smart quiz because we're talking about radio, and um, one way that people listen to radio is, uh, is, is through smart speakers. That's right. So there's a lot of interesting information about uh, smart speakers that I was able to find and 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 our buddy Devin smart. Taylor listens through a smart speaker my dad used to say don't get smart with me don't get smart with me young man yeah don't get smart with me speaker That's the only thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> throw you in the trash can okay all right I'm ready for a smart speaker quiz all right so and this is all in like uh, this information was gathered from last year and they've only been around for about two years so, at least to this degree, you know. Yeah. So Widespread, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, first question. Smart speaker ownership has been embraced by over 43 million Americans. Which age bracket owns the least amount of smart speakers? 18 to 24? 
25 to 34, 35 to 44, or 45 and older? Well, um, the 45 and older could be a little bit of a trick question because I know people buy them for their parents and stuff. That happens all the time. I would say the youngest demo probably Mm. doesn't have the money and probably doesn't care to have that because they're wrapped up with their phones. So I'm going to say the youngest one, which is A. All right. I'm going to say C, the third the third category, the... 35 to 44. 35 to 44. Mm. Gen X. Chris gets the point on this. Ah. Yeah, uh, 18 to 24, making Makes up sense. only 15% of the 43 million Makes Americans. sense. Well, you know why? Because they're mooching off their parents <laughs> using their right. smart speakers. Yeah, mooching. However, the variance is little... With the lowest being 15% and the highest at 24% with, with the okay. actual age bracket you were yep. uh, pointing at. So, so it's actually they're pretty even throughout all the ages. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I bought my first smart speaker this last summer hmm. for, I think I got it for $35 or $50 at Best yeah. Buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is great. It, I really do enjoy having it. I have a certain flash briefing I listen to every morning while I'm getting ready. and It's nice. Yeah. It's it's been a big boom for radio. Too. Yeah, I, I mean, listen. Huge, I can I can just huge. say the name of my smart speaker and say yeah. uh, listen to KHMG. It's and awesome it'll come for on. any audio content of yep. any sort, podcasts, yep. any sort of news that's done. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's actually, that was I, that was in some of the information I was looking up. It's not a question, but the podcast thing. One of the problems is you'd have to download a you know a player for the podcasts, and sure. and you don't know about, and then you have to find good podcasts through that. Whereas if you just tell the Alexa or, you know, Google Home or whatever to play this podcast, it'll just boom, take you straight there. Yeah. And and that's that Watch was, this. I'm gonna mess people up. <laughs> Alexa, play this American Life. There, there you go. go. Somebody great, just got great. it. Oh yeah. Life. Oh yeah. I'm gonna mess it up even more. Alexa, play Harvest Family Radio. Oh, it worked, didn't it? They're already, yeah. they're already listening. <laughs> Here's one last one. Alexa. Remind me at 4 a.m. to feed the dog. <laughs> For those people who don't even have That's a right. dog. That's right. It's going to be great. I, I, saw, I saw one where it said, um, remind me to feed the baby. And oh. it said, defeat the baby at Defeat the baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> All right. So Chris is winning one to zero. <laughs> All right. Next question. True or False. Smart speakers are likely to become the dominant audio player. Mm, the how, wait, who who measured this? Um, I, I have. <laughs> yeah, okay, I know, I, I they are likely that. to become the dominant audio player. I think it's still going to be cars because you're just never going to get away from cars. But they might put smart speakers in cars. Yeah, I mean, voice activated. That would so, make sense. I mean. Um, I have the app, the Alexa app, on my phone, which I can talk to. Doesn't work great. That's nah, not um, on three G. No. Not on three G. Um, so I'm going to say no. I'm just going to say no, even though it could be yes. Could be yes. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, but it could be no. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are just really stepping out there. Okay, Jared, you get the point. Yeah, it's yes. well, from what I looked up, it said while sources. I almost of- knew it. <laughs> while sources of audio listening are broad and varied, including laptops, AM, FM radio, smartphones, uh, car stereo, and more, it is remarkable that among people who have owned a smart speaker longer than one year, these devices are where they listen to audio most often. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I can say that's true because for me, at least, because we use it all the time now at our house, and uh, that's where we generally. Well, first of all. Our radio doesn't work in our car, so <laughs> being on Guam, I think 
a lot of people yeah. have that. And you work at a radio problem. station, so ironic. <laughs> I mean, it seems. But at least to you me, only live like a hundred yards away from. In a car, if you had a car radio that you could just talk to, just like Alexa. Yep. It seems to me that's a no-brainer. That yeah. way, you're no hands, hands-free, you're totally hands-free. People free. already are doing all this hands-free, you know, all accessibility. They, they just gotta eliminate whatever noise, you know, if they can do a good enough job to recognize a voice as opposed to whatever else, right. whatever other noises the road might bring. Right. Yep. If they could do a good enough job with that, it seems no-brainer. Yep. 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 All right. Another true/false question. Smart speakers have become popular due to the massive amount of advertisements done by the companies. False. I don't think they've done much. I mean, I, I have you seen a lot of smart speaker ads? I don't have a television, so I don't really know from that. I mean, I think television's yeah. not the. Only I think way that's to how I ended up. I saw right? advertising. Yeah, I okay. think I saw it. Like you know the. Um, he convinced me. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. no you go I'm ahead. Say no. Go ahead. I'm gonna say no. I'm You're gonna, gonna say, say no, yes. but it could be yes. Uh, I'm gonna say yes, yes and I think no. it's yes. <laughs> okay. Um, false. Really? Uh, Advertising wow. is yes. mostly unnecessary due to people who already own them encouraging others to buy via mm. word of mouth. Yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. Or, gift, or gift giving. You know what? That's I did. Yeah. I think it was uh, KK who submitted an article for me in the first hour about ketchup. Uh, he's the one who was using Fire Stick for television and then uh, a smart speaker device. And I think I took his advice and got yeah. both. Yeah, so 61% of owners have encouraged their friends to purchase a device. Mm. So, um, Carl yeah. liked his and he encouraged us, but we didn't do it. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's we, we're know. contrarians. Yes, if somebody right, tells exactly. us to do it, we're like, we're sure we're not, uh, doing not that. early adopters, not doing that. Okay, this is actually the final question because I there was just so much I looked into, and um, there's some interesting follow up information with this. But, um, Jared, if you want to tie it, you need to now's okay. the time to do it. Yep. Or, okay. Chris, if you just All want right. to seal the just deal. Just win. Outright win. All right. It's a multiple choice. All right. So, which of these is something an Amazon Echo can't do? Go shopping, read your emails, carry on a 20-minute casual conversation, or guard your house? Twenty. Uh, carry on a 20-minute conversation. Yeah. Casual conversation. Casual. Yeah. It'll be, a very, it'll be too formal. Much too far. Um, yeah, boy, but that doesn't sound like something Sebastian would have written all by himself. <laughs> all by himself, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't sound like. Did you do this. Quiz I mean, all you did. You you're doing a great job with that answer. If that is the one that you're throwing us off with, I would say read your email. Mm. It's actually conversation really <laughs> wow wow well i just haven't set up the email reading part of it yeah that was a that was like a tap in at the final okay. that was All a right. tap in in the so see obviously time. i haven't used mine very much yet here's some here's some interesting because i've, up I've heard them do i've heard it do all of that other mm. stuff yeah, mm. it's a, yeah it says you can start by saying alexa let's chat but most of the time it comes to a weird ending which was generated by amazon's effort to make a conversational ai assistant spurred by the alexa prize competition so mm. um and and you can look it up online so just doesn't do a very good job at well, conversation like I said, it, it gets to weird endings. You can oh. look it online when I when I say that. Okay. Um, okay. And then also Alexa Guard um, alternates smart smart lights in your house to make it appear as if someone is in the house when you're away. I know the Google Home does that too. Yeah. So and okay. if an Echo speaker hears the sound of breaking glass 
or a home alarm, you'll get an alert. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, I think it's kind of weird though that it's always listening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always then that means it's always listening. That's boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. We, well, give me liberty or give me death. I'm <laughs> yeah. unplugging that thing. Well, there's there's um there's uh, the joke has has been passed around that uh, in the old days we got angry when our house was bugged or whatever. Right. Yeah. But now we just buy one and right. bring and, it into yep, our house. Invite them in. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, so is it tied? No, it's oh. three to one, and okay. you lost. But I okay. did, I did, I did uh, bring some funny things to ask your echo. Yes, great. Um, to help cheer you up. Thank you. All right. So if you say Alexa, make me a sandwich, it says, "Okay, you're a sandwich." Or it says, <laughs> That's "My dad's joke." He would always. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay. Or, or another one. Uh, some of these get kind of uh, geeky, but which That's I enjoy. That's fine. We have we have a certain segment of our. <laughs> Audience, it um, listens. This one is Alexa. Open the pod bay doors. It says, "I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. I'm not Hal, and we're not in space." Oh yeah, from uh, <laughs> 2001: Space Odyssey. Yep. yep. And yep. then another one, Alexa. My name is Anigo Montoya. Oh. She says, "Stop saying that. I've never killed anyone's father." Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then Princess finally, Bride. one of my favorites, uh, Alexa. Is the cake a lie? She responds, the cake is not a lie. It is delicious and moist. You can have some when you're finished asking me questions. Ah. Um, and some of the, yeah, there's a puzzle game called uh, Portal. And, and there, ah. you're, you're being guided by this AI this right, whole time right, to, right. to solve these little puzzles. And uh, you, it's all very innocent until like you see this scratching on the walls because you're being promised cake at the end. It's okay. like, and when you finish this, you're going to get cake, but you don't get cake at the end. And that's why the whole oh, term comes along. Uh, the cake is a lie, you know? Yeah. So when you ask the AI if the cake is a lie, it's funny how she says that. So, but yeah, I thought those, and there's tons more funny things you can ask. Yeah, so. I've, I've had it um, uh, tell me a limerick. I've had it tell me a haiku, because uh, I always get mixed up on how many lines of uh, syllables there are in a haiku. So I've I've done all those things, all the jokes and things like that. Who's your daddy? Stuff like that. So <laughs> all these different things. What's your birthday? So all right, Sebastian. Even though I lost, I still appreciate you putting together that quiz. Yes. And our listeners, of course, appreciate it as well. So you have a great weekend, Sebastian. I'm going to take Thank a short you. break here and reset for the last uh, 12 minutes, 13 minutes of Live Till 5. Listeners, you stick around for the end of the second hour of Live Till 5. This is episode 308 on this Friday, March 29th, 4.44 p.m. here at the, K- uh, here at the KHMG Studios. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Be back after this. Walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5. Here at KHMG, 88.1 FM. Glad to have you with us today. Did you know the first person to recognize the potential of radio to preach the gospel, according to this article here, was evangelist Paul Rader, lived from 1879 to 1938, a pastor of the Chicago Gospel Tabernacle. In the summer of 1922, Rader... Uh, brought a brass quartet to the roof of City Hall and preached a sermon in a makeshift studio on local station WHT 
The success of this cameo appearance encouraged Raider to reach an agreement with radio station WBBM to broadcast 14 hours of religious programming every Sunday. 14 hours of it. Uh, let's see here. Raider called on its once-a-week station WJBT, where Jesus blesses thousands. That's what he called his, his little once-a-week station. WJBT's broadcasts included Sunday evening worship service at the Gospel Tabernacle, choral performances, organ concerts, and popular shows such as the Healing Hour, Back Home Hour, and the Bible Drama Hour. He discovered that many of his radio, radio listeners wanted to hear him preach live, and the radio ministry increased attendance at the Gospel Tabernacle. Raiders' pioneering efforts in creating a diverse programming format and in partnering radio ministries with local churches would have an immense influence on subsequent generations of broadcast evangelists. Raider was aware of the medium's limitations, however, and he warned that radio did not substitute for a community that gathered for worship, worship, sing, pray, and bear mutual joys and sorrows. Very interesting. Chris, you said you've never heard of that before. I, I've heard that name, but I didn't realize that the significance of his yeah. history in radio. Yeah. Well, um, now, looking back... Obviously, you've been in radio. What year did you start in radio ministry? Uh, 1995. Okay. Wow. KXLY in Spokane, Washington. News Radio 920, as it was called then. I don't know what it is now. What was your first job at the radio station? Um, Well, I had an internship first in promotions for Citadel Broadcasting, which I think no longer exists, but it was, they owned a bunch of radio stations in Spokane, Washington, where I'm from. And then I had an overnight news producer job. So basically what I would do is I would prepare the newscast for the next morning and I would do the news headlines every hour overnight. And shocking, well, news talk radio, there's a ton of listeners overnight. Yeah, You'd be shocked yeah. by how many listeners. But we got calls and stuff all night long. Yeah. I mean, there was obviously a ton of people listening. So, But then for the morning, for the morning news, I had to have all the um, sound bites and stuff for the morning news show ready to go and all the scripts and re- rewrite all the different headlines and stuff. They would read news copy that we got from different news wires, mm-hmm. but I just had to have it all prepped for the morning. So, Wow. Anyway, so that was, yeah, that was any. That's that a great start. That's a great start. Yeah. Um, so w- wanted to talk a little bit about, because we have a couple minutes left here. Sure. I had kind of said in the first hour, there's going to be a big announcement in the second hour, but it's related to Live Till 5 because you and I both keep getting asked by listeners who is going to take over Live Till 5, or what are we going to do with Live Till 5 once Jared leaves? Because as I made an announcement a few months ago, we are leaving the end of May, beginning of June. And so that leaves the question, what happens with this wonderful broadcast, 308 broadcasts so far? And uh, Chris and I were talking this week, and really it's it's very hard to think of how would someone else pick up where – I'm leaving off with Live Till 5 just because Live Till 5 is very much kind of uh, it's 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 really something that comes out of my mind and then I bring people into it to all contribute but the kind of the heart and soul of how I do it is definitely unique to me uh, and so I don't think there's anyone else to really take it and do something that is called Live Till 5. There are other people who are obviously super talented and could could do any number of things on the radio, but Live Till 5 itself has been this kind of mixed magazine of 
of different uh, segments and, and ideas over the years. And um, I think we're just going to land the plane and say we're good. Um, what do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I thought was uh, I couldn't do a show like this. Sebastian probably couldn't do a show like this. There was a couple other names that came to mind that don't have the time yeah, to work it's, it's on our time, staff it to is do time like this, consuming. something like this. So uh, if you're not working full-time in the radio station and you're not, and you have other responsibilities in life, and in the case of the people we were thinking of, many, many responsibilities in yeah, life, yeah. Um, the thought was pretty much immediately to me, as goes Pastor Jared, so goes Live till five. Yeah. Which is what I've told people. I I think that uh, there are plenty of people that have the talent and would be more entertaining than I am on this show or more professional or have better content. There's no doubt about that. But there is a time factor that goes into preparing. This is not something you can just walk up here, turn on the microphone and just start talking off the top of your head. You really have to get in. I call it getting into the zone. And this is after 308 programs of it. Chris does live radio every day, but you have to be in a certain frame of mind. No matter what else is going on in your world, you have to be able to shut those things out and be ready just for this in kind of an undistracted, singular focus of making sure that you produce the very best program. I know that we joke around and we have little little hiccups here and there, but we really do try and do our very best to God's glory and to be a good product and a good testimony. And it just takes time. It takes hours to get ready for the show. It takes time to get yourself kind of mentally and emotionally ready then to do the show. And um, and we just don't think there's anyone else to pick up that mantle and continue on with it um, in, a, in a way that we think would honor what we've been doing. Now, who knows what what's coming, you know, down the 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 road for um, Harvest Family Radio as far as other live broadcasts. Chris is already doing Take Note, and uh, of course we get to record so many other great programs here, like um, Harvest Time with Pastor Gary Walton, and uh, there will probably be more and more of those types of things. But uh, live till five, I think what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna go for two more episodes. So next week. And then one more. So we'll go to episode 310, and then that'll be our last official episode of Live Till 5, episode 310. It's a week before Good Friday. We would have taken Good Friday off anyway, and then instead of taking that off and then coming back for one or two, just think maybe it's just better to go ahead and land it. It's, I mean, you know, it's with sadness because it's been a big part of my life for 308 episodes times however many hours, you know, it's 12, 1300 hours of time invested on the other hand it's something that i'm just so glad that i got to be part of it was so much fun we've had a lot of laughs and i think we've been an encouragement to a number of people and i think we've done some important things on here and we've done a whole lot of things that just hopefully lifted people's uh spirits a little bit so and it'll it'll always be available in podcast as well if people want to go back and listen to some of those but um yeah, I think we're going to end it at episode 310. Today, uh, March 29th, being episode 308. So two weeks from today, episode 310 will be the final episode of Live Till 5. And I think I think we're good with that. Yeah, I didn't realize it was 310, but that's a good round number yeah, as well. Yeah, it, it feels yeah. it feels right, right? So we and and honestly, um it's not with like this overwhelming sadness because 
I feel like we've kind of done more than we ever thought we would do with it. And, and we really have had so much fun doing it. And um, like I said, you just never know what the Lord might bring along for other live radio opportunities. Chris will have to figure out what to put in the, those six hours of broadcasting over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But uh, he'll, he'll be able to handle that, no problem. It's just, um, yeah. So for our listening audience, we want to let you know there's basically two more episodes of Live Till 5 and we really want you to tune in to all those. Get on our Facebook page, uh, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Let us know you're listening. And, uh, of course, just uh, send us some feedback as well. And uh, give us your comments. Maybe we can share those on the air of those last two episodes. So that's about it. Thanks a lot, Chris, for coming by yep. today. All right. And listeners, thank you for staying tuned throughout the two hours of Live Till 5. It is, is episode 308 on this Friday, March 29th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.